This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. As Jesus was walking toward the cross on the Via Della Rosa, stripes on his back, bleeding from the crown of thorns that he had planted on his head, the women were crying and weeping along the way, And Jesus made this statement, don't weep for me, weep for yourselves and for your children. Don't weep for me, weep for yourselves and for your children. Today, we're going to get some insight as to what that really means. I hope you'll stay tuned, friends, because today on Viewpoint, we are going to see the fulfillment of biblical prophecy in ways that are so grotesque in ways that are so obtuse, so fundamentally contrary to the very creator himself, that it is as if we are not carrying on abortions, but executions. You heard me correctly. Not abortions, but executions. And celebrating them. And promoting them and raising big money in the process. So I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation as always with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms, and there's a reason why the headline reads, We're coming for your children. We're coming for your children. I thought that they were just protoplasm. I thought they were just blobs of cells. No, we're coming for your children. If we don't get them before they're born, we'll get them after they're born within a week or two. And if we don't get them, then we're going to follow them and track them for the rest of their lives and turn them into homosexuals, transgenders. We're coming for your children. Even if we have to take them into a transition closet and convert them to transgenderism or any other perversion known to man or to God. Mm-hmm. And get them to join a Satan club while we're at it. Yes, indeed, my friends, what we're talking about here today is something that is beyond the pale. It's something that is so far out that if you were to tell people 60, 70 years ago in America that the kinds of things that are being carried out now under color of law and being celebrated would even be talked about in public. You would have been scorned, you would have been mocked, and you would have been desocialized from society because they would have said nothing could possibly have ever happened like that in the United States of America. But indeed it has. And not only in the United States of America, but in Israel itself. Yes, the two countries that, of all the countries on the planet today, that would purport to have a divine covenant opening up their shores to nationhood are each pursuing the death of the unborn and celebrating it. And then as if that's not enough, 
calling for the execution of those that are born in order to satisfy the pleasures of selfish women and their boyfriends and sometimes their parents and grandparents and sometimes even their pastors. Today on Viewpoint, we are going to take a very clear look at this situation. Why is it that a pro-life group would be attacked by Molotov cocktails this last weekend at their headquarters with a sign blazed across, scripted across the wall, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. Now, wait a minute. Throwing Molotov cocktails at pro-life groups this Sunday, yesterday, in Madison, Wisconsin, nonetheless. They don't know who did it. Wouldn't you think that there would be an all-out effort out there to find who was creating such an insurrectionist activity? Indeed, the entire pro-abortion movement right now is involved in massive insurrection. Insurrection against the foundation and constitution of the United States, but far more than that, insurrection against the God who made and preserved us a nation. An insurrection against the creator himself. Are you listening? Abortion advocates now are supporting infanticide. All the way from the former governor of Virginia. All the way to the man and the woman on the street. I want to share with you some of the language coming from those who were interviewed on the street in California in response to California's bill AB2223, which has been dubbed the infanticide bill. The bill shields women and anyone assisting them from prosecution for perinatal death. That means the death of a child outside the womb, up to one month old. Interesting. In other words, the bill authorizes the execution of living children outside the womb. And whether or not you and I or whoever doesn't want to refer to the child in the womb as a person or as a child, the President of the United States, Joe Biden, this last week actually did so. Was it a Freudian slip? He actually called it a child. That's a declaration against Democrat interest, which should be admissible in any court of law to show what Joe Biden really believed. Because if you were to go back to 1982, you would find that Joe Biden was one of perhaps the only Democrat to sign with Republicans against the rabid increase and spread of Roe versus Wade-ism. Joe Biden, 
Yes. What happened to him? What happened to the so-called Catholic do-gooder boy now inhabiting the White House? Well, the same thing that happened to every other president, Democrat president candidate in the last 40 years. Every single one of them once stood boldly against abortion. Every single one of them. I don't have time today to go through it. We've iterated those statements from them over and over over the past 20 years here on this program. Every single one of them was against abortion until they ran for president. Contemplate it. Think about the implications of that. And we'll be right back. This is Viewpoint. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Can you imagine the legitimacy of a political party or anyone of any party that would demand to give illegal aliens the right to an education for free, but deny the babies in the womb of legitimate citizens the right to live? Can you imagine that? I mean, let's put things in perspective the way they really are. There's so much euphemistic talk out there to try to make things sound sweet and nice. Friends, we're not dealing with something sweet and nice. We're dealing with an execution. We're dealing with a nation that has decided under color of law to execute its young. Now exceeding 65 million since 1973. And we would have such leaders, such as Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and others screaming and hollering from their national platforms against such wickedness that would prevent the slaughter of America's children. As if somehow that's what's wicked. And so they continue to promote the execution of our children under color of law. If they can make up some sort of a Supreme Court ruling, then it must be okay. God says, thou shalt not kill. God said, I've created man and is in my image. But they say, no, but we can become God ourselves by just creating a Supreme Court ruling that has no foundation in law, by, by the way, no foundation in stare decisis, no foundation in the history of the law. No, it was made up out of whole cloth. So Supreme Court justices, Democrats at that point, decided to put their finger up, see which way the wind was blowing socially, and they decided, oh, we'll opt for a new law declaring the execution of our young to be constitutionally authorized and protected. 
That's what they did. And now, after so many, many years, we're seeing the handwriting on the wall. We're seeing increasingly the sheer wickedness of such activity and thinking. And many have been rising up gradually against it to the point now where, with the secretly revealed draft document from Supreme Court justices indicating that there might be a possible overturning of Roe versus Wade, the whole nation erupts in a cacophony, uh, a virtual orgy of wickedness to protect the slaughter of our children. Is there any other real honest way to put it? The word abortion isn't the real word. It's killing your child. Executing your child intentionally. But for what reason? Not even for a valid reason. But for your selfish pursuit. Because you want to continue to fornicate. You want to continue to adulterate, which is also a dramatic slap in the face of the God who made and preserved us a nation. We're just calling it the way it really is. You might not like to hear it so straightly, but that's what it really is. But let's take a look at what the Bible has to say about the spirit of this. Before we get into further details about, for instance, what abortion advocates really want, what they really support. In the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3, we find the Apostle Paul describing our times to his ministry sidekick, Timothy. He says this, I want you to know that in the last days, perilous times shall come. One of the ways that we know we're in the last days is because of this under color of law inauguration of the execution of our young, 65 million plus since 1973 alone, for selfish purposes. This is one of the key elements in a nation that professes to be under God, that claims to have a Judeo-Christian foundation. In the authority of God and his word, that's what Alexis de Tocqueville saw, a secular Frenchman, when he came over here in 1830 to discover what it was that made America unique and great. The very first thing he saw was that the Bible had authority in the life of almost every single person in the country, whether or not they professed to be a Christian. He said it was amazing. And so he also recognized that because of that, it was to be well understood why America now was taking off as a rocket and prospering when France with its supposed revolution and liberty, equality, and fraternity, couldn't get a government off the ground. So here's what the Apostle Paul said. I want you to know this, that in the last days, perilous times are going to come. For men, that's not just talking about 
males. It's talking about humankind shall be lovers of their own selves. Lovers of their own selves. Doesn't that sound like the selfie age? You got it. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power of the... uh, Don't be led away by these many lusts, he says. Never learn, ever learning, never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. What's the heart of all of that message? Selfishness. That's what it's, that's what the heart of it is. It's all about me. So here we are in what was originally called the me generation. Then it'd be called the me, me generation. And now it's called the me, me, me generation and has been for the past 10 years. In a me, me, me generation, we would then expect that the the action of execution of our young for selfish purposes would multiply. Wouldn't we? Wouldn't that be an exercise of pure selfishness? It sure would. That's exactly what it is. In fact, Craig... Uh, McMillan writes an article that abortion, there's no greater act of self-worship than abortion. No greater act of self-worship than abortion. He says America has displayed a lot of self-worship down through the relatively short years of her existence, but can there be any greater act of self-worship than abortion? If you decide to kill another person because his or her existence has become inconvenient for you good luck at your murder trial if it's the child inside you instead well then half the states or the congress of the united states will finance your actions to eliminate their inconvenient child and big media will spring to your moral defense over satan's airwaves Advocates will demand that the rest of us pay for this egregious, selfish, and violent act, and then they seek to export it to the rest of the world through America's diplomatic relations, and that's exactly what Joe Biden is doing. He has asked for a different, an additional uh, stipend of monies, billions, to be authorized by Congress to export more abortions around the world. Craig McMillan goes on to say, the Bible tells us in no uncertain terms that God creates each person in the womb with a particular destiny. Jeremiah talked about, you formed me in my mother's womb. Abortion partners with Satan against God in frustrating God's agenda for humanity. Hell wasn't created for people who occasionally mutter a bad word during conversation, but what about if your government or your ego has compelled you into offering blood sacrifice of children to Molech or another off-brand God mentioned in the Old Testament? 
Do you think that being a member of the political party that compelled an entire nation into that role will escape judgment by the very God who created the earth and the human beings who live there? If you believe that government at any level has the ability to make abortion acceptable in God's sight, seek, please seek wise and godly counsel immediately, he writes, because God rules over governments and not the other way around. In other words, there is a reckoning day. And I want you to think about this, because for a very, very long period of time, the abortion rate within the evangelical community equaled that of the nation as a whole. Did you hear that? The abortion rate within the evangelical community equaled that of the nation as a whole, just like the divorce rate did. In other words, within our churches, we have been absolute unmitigated hypocrites, defying the very God who made and preserved us a nation and who has offered us salvation. Can you imagine that? God said through Jeremiah, can, who, who could keep me from responding to such a nation as this? From judging such a nation as this? No greater act of self-worship. It's all about me. It's not about God. It's not about his kingdom. It's not about the future. It's not about the family. It's not about faith. It's not even about freedom. It's about doing my own thing whenever and toever, to whomever I want, regardless of the consequences. That's not freedom, friends. That's licentiousness. That the Bible warns about continually. You see, we can talk about this here on this program, Viewpoint, because 90-plus percent of our listeners are professing Christians. You see, God's message in the Bible is to his warmest audience. Did you know that? The message of the Bible is not to the pagans, because they're already pagans. In fact, Jesus said they're condemned already. You can read about it in John chapter 3. Right there around our precious verse, John 3.16, that God so loves the world. So the message of the Bible is to professing followers of the one true God and to his son, Jesus Christ. That's his warmest audience. But as Jesus said, you're supposed to be the light of the world. But if the light that is in you be darkness, then how great is that darkness? Now you understand why we're in the deep trouble we are in this country. We've had people who, both conservatives and evangelicals and Catholics, who have paraded down the streets for 20, 30 years now 
against abortion, but have divorced their spouses with impunity, which God says he hates. They didn't think it mattered. They didn't think it mattered that they were remarrying when their spouses were still living, which Jesus called adultery. And the Apostle Paul warned, don't you understand? He said, take heed. Right there in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Don't be deceived, he said. Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor practicing homosexuals and so on are going to inherit the kingdom of God. That's in the Bible. Do we believe the Bible anymore in this country? Do we even believe it in God's own house? Not really. We only believe what we want to believe. And now we see ourselves in this unbelievable mess where our government and leaders, an entire Democrat party, is preaching the gospel of executing our young. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. Saveus.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archive. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Myers. Conversation as always with ever increasing conviction, friends. Talk that transforms. And you can see, hopefully you can see, how unbelievably we have been deceived. We've engaged in self-deception. As a country, we've baptized our deception under color of law. And by putting up our fingers to see which way the wind was blowing in the culture. And then we, we wring our hands in despair and can't quite figure out what's going on and why the murder rate is up, why Pittsburgh is careening into uh, despair through an unbelievable murder rate that's increasing everywhere. Friends, if you have no respect for law in the womb, you have no respect for life out of the womb. Are you listening? It doesn't take a Philadelphia lawyer to figure it out. Now, if you do not already have my book, Seduction of the Saints, you owe it to yourself, to your soul, to your family, to your congregation to get a copy and read it. Not casually, but read it by faith, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak into your life because the nature of seduction and deception is so amazing. And it it cuts across so many areas of our lives. And this is exactly what Jesus said was going to happen. 
He described these end times, the day or two before his crucifixion, to his disciples when they came to him on the Mount of Olives and asked him what would be the uh, sign of his coming at the end of the age. And the very first thing he said was, take heed that no man deceive you. He didn't go into wars and rumors of wars first. He went into deception first. Only then did he follow and talk about wars and rumors of wars, which he said would be the beginning of sorrows. But the deception is going to continue and get worse and worse and worse. In fact, the very next thing he said was, and many are going to come in my name and deceive many. So-called progressive Christianity out there, or people who claim to be evangelicals or Bible-believing Christians, whether they be Catholic or Protestant, is not the issue at this point, but who dis what God has said in whole or in part in areas that they don't want to agree with. If God has marriage on his mind, which he does, and has ordained it from the beginning, then he expects us to honor it. If he says, I hate divorce, then you should hate divorce. If he, if Jesus says whoever divorces their spouse commits adultery, and whoever marries the one so divorced commits adultery, then you should agree with it. And if you don't, you are engaged in intentional deception. You're deceiving yourself. Purposely, you have your reasons, but you're still deceiving yourself. And this is how we've gotten to the place we are. And there are so many things like this. Oh, those are just a few. When you begin to get a hold of the book, Seduction of the Saints, an $18 book that's yours on our website for $15, you are going to have your eyes open, my friend. Just yesterday, I received a call from a gentleman who... Uh, had gotten hold of the book, and he said, I'm reading it for the second time. He said, as far as I'm concerned, this is the most important book you've read, you, you've written, Seduction of the Saints. I said, why is that? He said, because it's so practical. He said, I have learned so much. Seduction of the Saints, how to stay pure in a world of massive deception, friends. It's yours on our website, saveus.org. $15 will put it in your hands. I don't think you'll find a better value anywhere because it's going to have such a tremendous impact for the love of Christ and his truth and his word in your life. Saveus.org. Or you can give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255, writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Seduction of the Saints, how to stay pure in a world of deception. Now, look, every one of us has sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single one of us, and I can speak strongly here, I have to speak strongly as a voice for the Lord. On the other hand, yours truly is not perfect either. I've had to go before the Lord on many different things and confess and and uh, ask his forgiveness. And he says, you know what? If you're really honest about this, if you really are convicted by the word and the will and the ways of the Lord, 
and you want to clean up your act and get right with him, I'm going to let you do that because my mercy is extended to you. But did you know that the mercy of God is only extended to those who obey him? That's what the Bible says. The mercy of God is extended only to those who obey him. It's not extended to anybody just because they want it. Everybody wants mercy. No. Here's how the mercy of God applies in our lives. Whether you have uh, executed your child, aborted your child, lied, committed fornication, adultery, misrepresented the truth on your income tax, whatever it happens to be, friend, pretended to give a tithe in the offering plate when you were only giving a small portion, God struck two people dead for doing that. Did you know that? That's how serious God is about having integrity in your heart. You can read about it, by the way, in the book of Acts. A couple of people by the name of Ananias and Sapphira. God's really serious. He really is. He's God. He's not like you and me. He's not Nancy Pelosi. He's not a politician. He's neither Protestant nor Catholic. He's God. And there is none other. We need to get that through our minds and hearts because we're on the near edge of the second coming. And the Bible says whoever has that expectation and hope in him or her will purify him or herself, even as Christ is pure. This is the time, friends. Every one of us has sinned to come short of the glory. Today we're talking about one particular thing, the gross selfishness and pride that leads us to a dramatic attack against the very face and purpose and intent and creation of God through abortion. We're not dealing with every aspect of sin today. We're dealing with that one because it's so egregious in this country. And we have inaugurated it, as we have with divorce, as an act of, shall we say, a rite of passage in our country. Unbelievable. And think that God winks at it. No, he doesn't wink at it. He's God. He said, I'm God and there's none other. My throne is established in righteousness or right waysness and truth. So, he says, come now, let's reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. What does that mean? It doesn't mean come and uh, have a little tete-a-tete session with God and see if he can't compromise and agree with your viewpoint as to why you decided to abort your child or because you want to now. That's not what, what God's talking about. He says, look, I'm God. Don't you get it? So let's reason together and you decide to agree with me and to conduct your life accordingly. And then things will go well with you. You have to trust me. That's why most people get abortions. They don't trust God. They don't trust him enough to obey him in the first place to live holy and righteous lives. So they decide to frolic and fornicate. 
They're not going to wait till they get married. And then they don't trust God then either. Well, how am I going to be able to support a child? Well, you had sex, didn't you? Then you're responsible. You're an adult. You're responsible for God, and you are going to care for that child. And in the process, you're going to trust God, and you're going to obey his will. You're going to do his will from day after day, and you're going to trust him to provide your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's what it means to live by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. It has everything to do with obeying God and trusting him. But we're not willing to do that. We want to do it our way. We want to sing the Frank Sinatra motto. I'll do it my way. Mm. That's the spirit of the age. Don't let it happen to you, my friend. Don't. Let it happen to you. There is going to come a day of judgment. Our nation is going to be judged, is already being judged. Israel is being judged because as we speak, I have in front of me an article that just came out from the uh, the leader, the health leader in Israel, who is taking the side of Nancy Pelosi and saying what a terrible thing it is. Here it is, right here. Israeli health minister rips SCOTUS bid to overturn Roe versus Wade. In Israel, a nation that supposedly is made up of God-fearing people in covenant with God, but not so much. They followed the same trajectory and jet stream of America with regard to divorce that now is about a third of their population. And now, abortion. Do you think God is not going to judge both Israel and the United States? Israel, whom he called the the apple of his eye, and the United States, which had such a unique blessing and founding, Oh, my friend, deep trouble ahead unless we get right with God individually. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. The Democrat Party is not democratic. Not even close. Doesn't want true Republican democracy. 
They want unfettered license to do what they want to do, no matter anyone else. And if you don't agree, you must be intimidated or threatened in some way. That's what the whole cancel culture thing is about. It's threats under color of cultural acceptance. And now we have Nancy Pelosi parading her Catholicism around the nation's capital, who today got hysterical and claimed that the Republican Party wants to murder women who get an abortion. No, she's authoring, authorizing the women to murder their children. She's got it backwards. It is she who is authorizing continuing murder, execution of the young in the name of democracy. I thought that our Constitution said that we were entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness because they were God-given rights. Well, whatever happened to the protection of life? Isn't that the very first protection? Life, liberty, and the pursuit. You don't have to worry about liberty if you take away their life. That's why abortion is an execution. It's an intentional taking away of a life that is ordained by God. To remove it from the planet, from the kingdom of God, so that whatever God's purpose had been for that child can now, is now forever lost. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi today denounced Republicans seeking to protect the life and rights of the unborn in an open letter to the Democrat Party claiming that the GOP wants to charge women with murder for getting an abortion. But she didn't denounce last week's Supreme Court leak of a draft opinion that would have overturned Roe versus Wade. In other words, she didn't denounce lawlessness or the exposing of personal information and the threatening of justices, more lawlessness. She even supported what she called righteous anger. In other words, do what you have to do. It's about me and my power and my party. And hang the rest of you. You're irrelevant. So there's a godless, uh, a globalist, godless cartel out there to target churches and mothers in a final drive to impose this, uh, you could, you could call it part of the beast system. An organization called Ruth Sent Us announced on Twitter that it had planned to disrupt Catholic and evangelical church services starting yesterday, Sunday, Mother's Day, and continuing on through next Sunday. These are the very tactics, friends, which radical progressive Democrats learned from Saul Alinsky that Hillary Clinton wrote her thesis on. Rules for Radicals. Alinsky dedicated his book to Lucifer. And at least one interview, he confided, if given the choice of spending eternity in heaven or hell, I'd pick hell, he said. In waging their never-ending information war against the masses, Alinsky advised his fellow comrades to, among other things, pick the target, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it. In other words, attack it, 
Do whatever you have to do. It doesn't matter. The end justifies the means. So, the Denver newspaper. Yep. The Denver Post has given up any pretense of neutrality and came out with an article now promoting abortion and directing their readers where to donate money for the operation of the lucrative abortion industry and directed donors to an Act Blue page supporting abortion funds and pro-choice groups. This is massive, my friends. So when the new attorney general in Virginia, Jason Meares, discovered this intent of these groups to attack churches, he gave a warning. He said that Americans have a right to worship, and he will come down hard on anyone who tries to take away that right. You know why? Because the very first freedom is religious freedom. That's the, that's America's first freedom. Dr. Ben Carson came out Saturday and said it's antithetical to many of the principles of the founding of our nation where we respect life from the womb to the tomb. He said, celebrating abortion is pure evil. You want to know what evil is? You just heard about it. Evil is anything that disagrees with what God has said. Anything. Abortion, divorce, adultery, fornication, lying, stealing. All of it. All of that is evil. And the refusal to trust God. There's a heavily, vastly heavily funded network that's out there trying to maintain abortion, spread it everywhere. I don't have time to go through the tangled, unbelievably tangled infrastructure of those organizations. It is, it would shock you. It would actually shock you. By the way, I'm going to repeat again. In 1982, Joe Biden made it very clear that he wanted Roe versus Wade overturned and that abortion rules had to be returned to the states. What happened to him? What's happening is that the government is playing God. The reason we're playing God is because we don't see God as God. We don't glorify him as God, and that's exactly what the Apostle Paul wrote about in Romans chapter 1. He says, when they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God. Therefore, their foolish minds and hearts become increasingly darkened, and they begin to act like fools, thinking that they're acting intelligently, they're acting like fools. And then they begin to corrupt and pervert their own lifestyles, doing that which is unseemly. In other words, which is unbelievably contrary to the very essence of their life created by God. That includes homosexuality, transgenderism, pederasty, pedophilia. 
bestiality, and the whole LGBTQ and all the 26 letters after it. Now they're attacking the homes of the Supreme Court justices. There is nothing that these people will not do because they are ruled by Lucifer. Having repudiated God's authority in their lives, they have become gods in their own right and therefore are operating under a counterfeit authority which ultimately will manifest itself in a final expression of a counterfeit Christ called the Antichrist. Would you like to know more about what that fellow looks like and will be like? You might want to get a copy of my latest book, Antichrist. How to identify the coming imposter. Antichrist, how to identify the coming imposter. $22 on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage handling. Now, if you get that book and you also get Seduction of the Saints at the same time, it's not going to be $5 for each of those books for postage and handling. It'll be a total of $7 for the two of them. So you'll save $3 that way. And uh, I do not think you're going to be disappointed. So, here we are. We have a question. Who are we? Who are you? As a human being, are you really a human being? If so, you were made in God's image. If you're not a human being, then you're merely an advanced animal. That's what evolution teaches you. You can believe Charles Darwin, or you can believe Charles Chrismeyer right here. You can either believe God, or you can believe his counterfeit. Who are you? If you're made in God's image, then you need to treat your children even the unborn, as made in God's image. Because conception takes place in the womb. That's where life begins. That's the reason why the Bibles, uh, actually, God had two men put to death because they practiced coitus interruptus, when they were supposed to be sowing their seed for a godly purpose. They practice coitus interruptus, and God had them killed. Maybe you haven't read your Bible lately. You see, God values life. And ultimately, spiritual life is in his Son. But when we agree with the abortion agenda, we have automatically rejected the Son of God. Can you imagine what would have happened if Mary had aborted Jesus? Why shouldn't she? After all, she was having a child when she had never had sex with a man. They were merely betrothed. They were not married at that time, the way we think of being married. 
she was subject perhaps to even being stoned. Would you have aborted the Son of God? Most American women would have, it seems. At least half of them. Because 65 million of our young have been executed by their own mothers and their boyfriends and their husbands and their pastors who've approved it. You see, the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 1 that the responsibility does not go just to the people who actually do the act, but to those who approve it. They are held equally responsible before God. That's true for the approval of divorce. No matter what you think about it is not the point. It's what God thinks about it. That's why viewpoint always determines destiny. There are no neutral viewpoints before God. So we're at a, at a terrible crossroads, aren't we? Every one of us. Do you know that my wife and I, we've not had to deal with this abortion issue. It, it never even crossed our minds. We had our first child when we were poor as church mice. We had our second child when we were almost poor as church mice. <laughs> I mean, we, we were not a going concern at that time. Things were tough. But we have had to make choices on a lot of other things. And sometimes, you know, you go through a real test. Am I going to trust God? Or not? Am I going to believe with uh, believe what God says or not? Am I going to support people that are wanting to uh, divorce their spouses or remarry people, others when uh, when their spouse is still living and Jesus calls it adultery? Am I going to support that? We're all caught in this, friends. It's time to repent, isn't it? That's the most positive word in the Bible. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Thanks for joining us. Become a partner. Send your gifts by faith to save America Ministries. This is how America can be saved in no other way. Help us today. God bless. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.